Behind the back! See ya! See ya! See ya! Good afternoon and welcome to New York Take a Walk for the first time in 2022. I'm Max Danzer, joined alongside Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein. To talk some Major League Baseball, as per usual, we'll be here now every Sunday afternoon from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, a little bit later here. And when the season starts, if the season starts, we'll be like starting right as the Yankees and Mets start their Sunday afternoon matinees. But uh, let's talk about that. That's the elephant in the room right here. Major League Baseball, both the Players Association and the owners have yet to come to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. And it really doesn't seem like they've made any progress the last few weeks here. And I think we could all guarantee that pitchers and catchers will not report on time. I think it would take a miracle at this point. And I think opening day is in jeopardy as well. And I, I don't even know if we'll be on campus by the time we get opening day at this point, which is just tragic to think about. But So on the mound, an hour ago, we were talking about it, and think about it. At this point, opening day, I think, optimistically could maybe start like the last week of April, maybe third week of April, and that gives us three weeks here on campus with Major League Baseball. Isn't that just absolutely absurd to think about? You know, well, first of all, it's great to be back. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to start on such <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, no, 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 definitely. I mean, we got the 1 o'clock hour, so we get some time to process. I think we were at we were at noon last semester. We were at noon, so all right, we got it's a little bit of an hour, but at this point, the, the coffee's kicking in, and uh, we're, we're, we're into gear here uh, on New York Take a Walk. Um, but, yeah, it's – I remember the last time we were uh, we were talking about this was obviously, I believe, in December, and it was kind of as soon as, like, the lockout hit. And we all were in agreement that, listen, we understand where the game of baseball is at right now. Just coming off, honestly, one of my favorite seasons I've ever watched, and – one of my least favorite teams won the World Series, and that's saying something <laughs> because of how just uh, electric the season was. I mean, young players being our best players. Most of our best players are 26 and under, which is just unbelievable. The competition was good. The ratings were good. The views was good. Uh, it just seemed like that the owners and the players would understand that and get to an agreement so we wouldn't be at the point that we are right now. And it really is upsetting that we aren't at that point because what – well, what, we, what it seems as if is the MLB and Rob Manfred and the owners are just kind of being resilient. And at this point, it seems like they want to win this. Yeah, it's more about pride. It's more about pride. And it's not – at this point, there was always a thing about saving, like, the respect of the game. And, you know, baseball has its pride in itself. Negotiating and, with integrity is, I think, what yeah. everyone wants here. But – Slacking. It's slacking big time. And I think the players are really, it seems as if the Players Association is really putting their foot down to try to get this thing done. And at this point, it's it's about getting the season to start and, you know, getting things back to where they want to play. Because, listen, these players want to play. They want to play. They and they want to play the, the game that they've loved their entire lives and playing since they were six years old. And, you know, these owners just seem like they're really not budging. And, and uh, what you said, Max, is it's about pride. And they are not they're not letting up and it seems like they want to win this lockout they don't want they're not looking to get to an agreement and meet in the middle it seems like they want to win and they're going to get what they want and they're not going to stop until they do it and it's hurting the game of baseball it's going to hurt the viewership and now what we get maybe 3 weeks of major league baseball after last year we had we did have baseball but with no fans it was just weird and even the year before that, COVID. So it feels like I never even got to watch baseball here on campus no, other yeah. than the playoffs last year, I guess. And I feel like it seems that the owners are trying to push the players into a spot where they have to agree 
to what the owners want. Yeah. And basically, that is waiting until opening day and saying, all right, we're out of time. It's now your turn to just say yes, because the last CBA allowed for service time manipulation. It heavily benefited the owners financially. And I think the players now are saying, look, we're not going to let you take advantage of us again. And that's why they are putting their foot down. I don't think the players are the problem in this at all. I think it's that the owners don't want to give back a little bit. Even in the proposals a couple weeks ago, the players stepped back and said, all right, we could still do this five, six years of control if you want. We're not going to ask for too much money now. But the owners aren't taking any or not giving back anything. Yeah, uh, Max Scherzer's tweet was probably one of my favorite Just pulled that up. Pl- player uh, pigeons that we've noticed so far. And that goes back to the mediator. And at first when the meteor was introduced, I kind of got a little optimistic because I'm like, all right, well, they'll find a split and maybe that'll kind of motivate them to work. But Max Scherzer says, well, our proposal is something that will benefit both sides equally. So if we mediate our gap, it's still going to – the owners are still going to win, which is why they're okay taking it. I do think that as selfish as this might seem, they probably should have taken the mediator because I don't think they're going to get what they want. But (laughs) – it's it, it's still sad to see that the players have no leverage whatsoever, and they're pretty much being looked down upon completely in this in these whole these whole negotiations. Well, that's why I think they are not going to give in. I, I think because they want to make a statement right here, and I, I talked about this on the last show too. But if you look at the average payroll in 2011, I, I saw a tweet about this, and this just perfectly described this entire situation from the players' point of view. In 2011, the average payroll for a team was $91 million. Last year, the average payroll was $102 million. It's a 13% increase. Then the average value of a team in 2011 was about $520 million. And then last year was $1.91 billion. It's a 365% increase. So the players, <laughs> the owners wow. increase the amount that they're paying players collectively 10%, while they their revenue is increased 365%. So I don't want to hear the billionaires versus millionaires argument anymore. Yes, the players are millionaires, but the owners are making so much money that the players deserve a percentage of that money. You know, It's not necessarily that they're asking, I need this. And another thing too, People point to Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and all these guys making $400 million. That's 20 players. That's the top 1% of the league. What about the guys who are making the minimum, who have spent their entire careers in minor league baseball, who, again, are just saying, we're working for you. We deserve a percent of what you're making. If Major League Baseball teams were worth $500 million, then sure, keep it where it is. But they have like almost quadrupled in worth over the last decade. So there's no excuse for the owners not to – increase the minimums by a lot and then we look at the proposed negotiate or the proposed uh cba allegedly or reportedly the players asked for 200 million dollars collectively to add to the minimums and the league said 10 million the difference in that is yeah. so discouraging that shows you where we are right now. it's it's insane that we're still at that point you know and and you brought up those numbers i mean that's just extraordinary to even think about like yeah. that kind of money and it's these owners are worth a lot too i mean yeah. i mean uh Obviously, Steve Cohen's a little out of the picture because he's worth, like, what, $14 billion Well, and he's willing to spend money, it seems, He's anyway, willing to spend so. it, but, like, I mean, people get upset because of these players are starting to get these $400 million contracts, and they're going to start coming, and over the next couple of years, I feel like a, a handful of players are going to get that, and people find that ridiculous, but at the end of the day, Max, you said it's the top 1% of the league, and, you know, that that's what some of these players are just going to want, and w- with the increase in payroll and how much money is how much revenue is coming in through these players i mean it makes sense and in my opinion the players have such a nice argument here and you're right about the minor leaguers who spent their whole lives 
just as Mike Trout did, just as Clayton Kershaw did, just as Verlander did, working to get to the major leagues. And, you know, some guys come up short and never get there. Some guys spend eight years in the minor, in the minor leagues. Some guys spend 10 years in the minor leagues. And, you know, they're working just as hard, and they're working for you, and you're working in your organization, and they're making you money, whether they're playing in a minor league ballpark, in a triple-A ballpark, in a double-A ballpark. The revenue's coming in, and it's because of them. If they all not playing... You're not getting that kind of money, and it's just where we are in the world today. And yeah, those numbers definitely are like exhilarating, you know, the 360% increase. But it makes sense where we are in the world today. Yeah. With, with the increase of technology, with the increase of everything we have today, it's, it makes sense how much money these owners are making, in my opinion. It just doesn't make sense why they can't give in. And, you know, and, and baseball's a yeah. multidimensional business, too. The owners keep saying, we lost a lot of money because there were no fans in 2020. No. But they're generating revenue from regional sports networks, from businesses around the community that are associated with the team. Mm-hmm. If an owner owns a restaurant in the middle of the city and doesn't have nothing to do with the team, sure, if you don't want to spend that money on your team, fine. But if you're, you know, if you're in Wrigley and you have Wrigleyville or you have Yaki Way or you have, you know, Ballpark Village, I think it's called in St. Louis, the Braves have their own thing. That's all associated with the team, and that they're not including that revenue, it seems, which I think is a problem. Another problem for a lot of these players, I think, is general managers and owners collectively have discovered, look, we could find the same value of a 35-, 36-year-old player in a 22-year-old player in the minor leagues, pay him $500,000, the minimum, compared to that other player, which is going to be around eight to $12 million. So all of a sudden, guys who hit free agency really late – they can't find teams anymore, and they have to resort either to retiring or minor league deals or going across seas. I mean, look at, like, Freddie Galvis, for example, I think is a really good one right there. Freddie Galvis can help out a lot of teams, but because he has accumulated so much service time, his contract's going to be worth something probably around 6 to $12 million. You could find the value of Freddie Galvis through a 22-year-old in any minor league Absolutely. system for $500,000, which is incredibly cheap. So what the players want, I think, here is to increase that minimum so then all of a sudden – these guys can have some longevity in their career, and there's not that much of a manipulation between how you're structuring these rosters. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. It's not about what this player is going to bring me. And it's really sad, and we've seen – I think Denard Spam was an example of a guy that – Adam Jones. Called, Adam Jones. Oh, yeah, that's the most Adam perfect Jones. That example, is the most perfect one. There, there we go. Adam <laughs> Jones is a great player. Who would not want Adam Jones? Well, right? Obviously every team because he's too much money. But he brings something to the clubhouse, and he's a very formidable – offensive hitter. I, I think the defense has probably slowed down a little bit in his old He's not age. coming back, though. Yeah. No, exactly. So is but he my, playing in uh, Japan? He was in Japan, I yeah. believe, yeah. But my point there is, it's like, there are thousands of center fielders in every minor league system who probably can come close to that production, and they're just significantly cheaper. And mm-hmm. that's it's disappointing to see players like that lose opportunities because of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think that if you do increase the minimums, then it could help out a lot. And again... $500,000 is a lot of money. I'm not going to deny that. But the problem is it's just how much that these owners are making exactly. off of these players, might I add, too. Yeah, and it's affecting other players who are entering years in their veteran years like that, and that's the, obviously the issue. I've heard a lot of people talk about, especially on Twitter and you know some YouTube videos, too. Some I like to watch some baseball videos. Yeah. People are saying – people believe how that um, – sorry – there's there's no way that baseball doesn't come back by by like May because they both sides can't afford it. 
But part of me worries, and we've talked about this this whole time, is what if the players like you know say you know what we either get what we want or we don't play. I have that that's that worry that's in my mind. I think it's go. I think they're fed up, and I don't blame them. So, but, but I think that's, this is really bad. It's very bad, and especially when you think about the fact that there was a sixty-game season just two years ago. You're <laughs> like, do, so we, do we really need to be here right now? And this is this is the thing. So. You know, you would think, I mentioned this earlier, and I'll kind of bring it up again. Uh, you would think that after the season that we just had and after the 2020 season and everything this world's been through, that we can figure out a way. We can sit at a table and we can figure out a way to get this done so the average workman can get home at 5 o'clock, go flip on a game at 7 o'clock in a, in a fine April afternoon, April night in May, and get that back because we finally got that back, but now it's just going to feel like a tease. And it, it's, it, I think it's really embarrassing for the sport for the, that, that we weren't able to get this done and we're going to have another delayed season when it is, in my opinion, so unnecessary. And it just frustrates me it so much. It bothers me, too, that they spent essentially all of December doing nothing. Again, nothing. They take five days off for the holidays. If yeah, you we, we get it. We get it. There's holidays. And listen, but that's five the days. Average, <laughs> the average worker is going to take a, a week off, too. But there was borderline no effort until after the new year. Late and after the new year, yeah. I mean, like, we didn't have it's ins- multiple discussions in a week until, like, a week ago. And it, it just shows <laughs> that there's there wasn't much effort for this. We kind of took the back seat. I mean, everyone took the back seat here, kind of waiting for someone else to budge. And I think the MLB kind of was like, all right, well, we'll wait. Maybe the player association will be fed up and come to us and be like, all right, you know what? We want to play. We want to get the spring training on time. That's we want pitchers and catchers to report. Let we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it done. But they never did that because these are obviously some – this means a lot for the league. And, and, and obviously Max Scherzer's tweet was – Jeremy, I literally had that pulled up before you even said it. I was about to give, have a little uh, talk about it, but you hit it. So, I mean, you see that these players are frustrated and they're not going to give in. And that, that is the worry that, you know, what if at this point they're like, all right, you know what? We haven't played yet. We haven't started yet. Our bodies aren't ready yet. You know what? Ready yet. You know what? Ready yet. You know what? We'll wait. We'll wait. Or unless unless a, you want to give in. Another league. They well, my, make a players league. I, I, <laughs> I, I do. That. There's something that's not clear to me. And that is so the players, especially throughout this whole mediator talk, have said, we don't want the mediator, but we are willing to come to the table and negotiate whenever when it, they want to get to work on this. Why are the owners so hesitant to meet so I much? Don't understand. I think it's because, well, the owners aren't negotiating. Essentially, they technically yeah. are. But they're again, not. the $200 million compared to $10 million, they're not. That's why the players are saying, come to the dang table, because the owners are just continuing to propose these preposterous ideas. Which they won't. They won't improve off of in terms of player perspective. And and the players are willing to. As Scherzer said, the players have taken back and said, all right, we'll give you this for this. The owners aren't doing that. And then they don't get what they want. They say, we're going to bring the mediator and probably a Major League Baseball hired mediator, might I add. (laughs) And I'd hope that if they did do the mediator, it would be someone who did it with... You know, who wasn't biased or anything. Well, like isn't that, the mediator there to sort of just do math? Isn't it not really? I think also sort of to calm things down a little bit, maybe, and just so, sort of be like a final answer. As much as I'm on the player's side, I feel like this is a good thing, right? That would be a good thing right now. I just don't. Th- well, I think Scherzer's point, though, is the most important piece to right, look at, are, is, which is, is that is, if they base it off of those two proposals, which is probably a, a nice little technique by Major League Baseball here in these negotiations. Mediating what the players just propose is going to give the owners essentially probably what they've been proposing the last month, right? If you but is it not an improvement based off of what they originally I mean, were getting? But I think the players, it's like in it's, terms of arbitration pool money. I think I think what 
the problem here is is Major League Baseball their first margin that they proposed was ten million dollars to, to one one hundred five. Yeah, yeah, which is just by far not enough. Yeah, and not so no ten million dollars. If you mediate that, that's like twenty to thirty. <laughs> you know, you and have I to know that the mediator didn't even work in ninety four. Yeah, the mediator the mediator didn't did not have much of an effect in '94's lockout. I wonder how this compares to '94. We didn't live through that, and I think social media plays a much bigger role, obviously, in this than it well, didn't exist back Absolutely. then. Absolutely, but uh, such a different time. Yeah, and then I talked about this on on the mound. But did you guys see that AP Sports tweet? No. It just basically was like talking about how the players. Um, blew their op- are blowing their opportunity to start the season on time. When it, oh my! Which is silly because the owners are the one who locked the sport out. The owners did not have to do this. When you're negotiating a collective bargaining agreement, you don't need to lock out. So it's all it's all. But in, in all fairness, I feel like that happens regardless throughout of, of other sports. There there no, are lockouts. Just to blame the players, though, as I think what's a yes. little bit immature. Yes, exactly. And so. Is there a meeting scheduled? Not right now. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's. I don't think we're going to see progress this week. To be honest, with it's you. really sad because baseball is my life. No, it's I'm, not that deep. Not that deep. No, it no, is. It is. <laughs> that it deep. is. And, and you know, it's it's like we just had that really fun off season, and I think everyone. And there's knew still the more fun to be had. Anyway, but I mean, I know. I think about all these players who are just hanging I know. out. Right now. Check that out. First of all, Freeman, but also, Correa, um, I mean, Bryant, I, I mean. Story. As Jameson Tyone on Twitch. As long as you're not a Yankee fan, uh, you had a really fun off season for I mean for the most part before this, and I had to take a little jab, Jeremy. We're supposed to be on the same team right now. <laughs> I know. I know. We don't. I know. We're technically not fans of any teams right now. They don't exist. <laughs> yeah, right. They there's, don't exist. There's yeah. no players, and no one knows what's going on. But it's just it's upsetting, you know. It, it really is, and it it, it there's it, it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel right now because of I don't that. know where it is. We there, don't know where we're at. There is one at some point. How, we just don't know where. How did the 2020 negotiations end? Like, badly. Badly, exactly. That's 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 another. That's why we knew this was going to happen. Well, I actually I thought I actually thought at first I was optimistic and I'm like, all right, they got it out of the way. They'll be ready to go. I we mean, had a year and a half to figure things out before the it, actual it's negotiations. A, it's, it's really embarrassing. It really is. Like, you know, we can just keep talking about it. It's, it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing for the sport. Humiliating. Yeah. With that, let's take our first break. Hopefully we can keep things a little bit more positive yeah. as we move forward here on New York Take a lot. <laughs> Lots to discuss here on this show today. First show in just about over a month. We'll be we'll be right back after this quick break. Jeremy Goldstein, Ethan Burtz, and Max Tanzer. We'll be right back. Need a pick me up? Don't go anywhere. Over the Moon has your favorite upbeat happy hits no matter the genre. Tune in every week, Thursday, eleven PM to twelve AM. Only on VIC Radio, the voice of Ithaca College. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. End your day with a smile by tuning in to Over the Moon, VIC Radio's happiest specialty show. Listen every week, Thursday, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Your FM alternative. As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, consider finding yourself a free tutor and the ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. 
you made it through another long week. And there's no better way to celebrate than taking a trip down the scenic route on VIC Radio. Join us every Friday night at 10 as we explore the best of folk and Americana, stopping at all our classic favorites and discovering a new, unique voices along the way. Sit back and enjoy the view, only on VIC Radio. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. It's been a long day, so why not take the scenic route home? Tune in for a variety of folk music every Friday, 10 to 11 p.m., right here on VIC Radio. Welcome back to New York Take a Walk. Max Hander joined alongside Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein here. A lot to talk about here on this Sunday afternoon is baseball. Well, it may not be, may not be being played, and we may not have opening day on the horizon anytime soon. We still have baseball to talk about because there's hundreds of years of data. And with that, we're going we're gonna to start a new segment here, Ethan. You're starting us off with some Major League Baseball trivia here between Jeremy and I. Absolutely. So a little rundown. MLB.com. Just look up MLB.com trivia. They post one trivia question around a day. It's slowed up with when the season's not going on. But during the regular season, there's a question every day. And honestly, it's kind of based on what happened the night before. So just a quick example was... Um, oh, I forget. Someone on the Reds hit three homers, and like the next day, there'd be a question about players who had three home runs in a game. So these are just wide range questions, and we'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw out a question. They're going to be really hard, and we'll do it for the next like fifteen or so minutes, and we'll do a tally. So hey, hopefully, hopefully there will be a deal by the time we're done. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure there'll be one. Yeah, definitely, or maybe at least a scheduled meeting. That but. should be our first question. When is opening day, 2020? Yeah, wait, wait. Honestly, <laughs> let's put let's put our predictions for that though in. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I say day. I say May 15th. You think you're you're that optimistic? You think what? But what do you think changes before then? Well, I just I do think within the next month they could figure something out, and then spring training will start around late March to early April. You know what? March 31st. I'm either going to stay. Wow. I think, you know, you know what? You know what? It's going to be the same thing like 2020. We're going to have the three scrimmage games. There's going to be no spring training. It's not going to exist. Okay. But I think that someone's going to break. I think someone breaks. I don't know if anyone breaks. I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous I, about it. Okay, that, that's, that's my optimistic a, guess. December 25th, Christmas opening day. <laughs> yeah. That's my optimistic guess. Every my my, my pessimistic slash realistic guess is I'm going to go uh, May 1st. Okay. So... I think they push everything back a month. I'll right. go. So May first. Put go, mine for May first. I'll go last week in April. I'll go last week wow, in April. Okay. I don't think this. At the end of the day, I think we can agree on that spring training that those players are not going to want to play in it. Uh, they don't get paid for pitchers spring training. Pitchers need it though. Pitchers, pitchers, need pitchers it. definitely need it. But hopefully they're going to be working out a little bit. Yeah, I, the, I think yeah. that pe- I think players could like even when this lockout ends, be like, all right, we've been working. 
Yeah. Like we don't need a full spring training. Let's get the you arms loose and take take however long we need for our pitchers and catchers. And, and maybe there will be expanded rosters for a bit. Have some other pitchers yeah. up and just stack the, the bullpen thing, you know, if you can. You start the season too early. I like, risk injury it, in twenty twenty. Garrett Cole only threw what five innings in his first start. Although, but his opening his first game was was rained out. Complete game shutout, right? Right. Yeah. No. No. He gave a home. He, he, oh, he gave right. a home run to Adam Eaton. But, I forgot about that. Yeah. But um. Yeah. So I guess it was a complete it's game. fine. Sorry, yeah. The Yankees have depth. Luis Heels there. You know, Nestor Cortez, Tyone Cole, uh, Davy Garcia is never going to see the field again, Your unfortunately. Hero, again. He was just named best Nicar- best Nicaragua athlete. Uh, wow. In, all, Congratulations. Albeit, the, he's probably the only good one in Nicaragua right now, but. <laughs> You know. Hey, he's pretty dang good at what he does, I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Best athlete in Nicaragua. What an, what an award. What an that is a really cool award. Imagine representing your country like that. That's yeah. Glendor cool. didn't win it, so <laughs> take okay. that. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of good players come from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a not. He's not. He didn't win it in Nicaragua. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he would if he was yeah, from Nicaragua. I'm sure, exactly. No, no. Well, he's not, so he didn't win. <laughs> okay, well, Jeremy, you're probably not going to win this trivia contest anyway, so let's get let's get to it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're supposed to be neutral. <laughs> All right, all right, let's hear it. So here we go. This is a, a question about last season. So how do you guys want to do it? Do you want to go like Jeremy gets the first try and then Max and then, Jump ball. And, then and then Max first time, next time? Sure. Okay, so Jeremy, question for you. If you don't get it right, Max gets a redemption. Oh, no. Okay. And then other way around, then Max will get the next one. All right, so here we go. What three-time Cy Young Award winner put the lowest ERA of his career up in, the th- in a third-place finish this past season? So he had the lowest ERA of his entire career, and he finished in third place this past season. He's won three Cy Youngs. Oh, my God. That's easy. Yeah, it's easy to start. This is Max Scherzer? Yes, sir. Oh. One point, Jeremy. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's go to the next one. I was afraid I wasn't going to get <laughs> that, that. There is a lot of pressure on I Trivia scares me. Trivia scares <laughs> me. Because I play. Wait, it's not your question, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm going to get okay. something like about, I don't know, Adrian Hauser or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Nice, nice brewer's stud right there. Yeah, ground ball machine. Okay, uh, I'm trying to find something that's not generally impossible, but here we go. No, give him something impossible. I'm, tr- I'm trying to find... These are tough. Give him the hardest one that you've ever okay. seen. This is, no, no, this isn't really tough. I think Max has this in What was the last okay. time the Mariners made the playoffs? Who was the first shortstop with at least 200 hits, 40 doubles, and 30 home runs in one season? A-Rod? Not J.P. Crawford. No. The first, we repeat so the, question the for first me? shortstop with uh, at least 200 hits. Ever? Yes. Oh. Three doubles. No, 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 no. It's someone who's not playing right now, but someone who's generally like, it's played it. Uh, I'll give it. It's in the played in the 1990s. What? This happened You're in the give him a, I should have got a decade. 1990s. 40 doubles, 30 home runs in a season, Jeremy. A shortstop. Cal Quinn Jr. Yes. Oh, let's go. I cannot believe you got that. I think it was the years that gave it away. <laughs> yeah, Which, kind I mean, of. I, I said I, if you didn't say '90s, I would have guessed Jeter. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like A Rod was the perfect guess right there for '90s. But yeah. all right, touche. All right, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, I can taste Ethan's free Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> it, it's okay. it's sponsored by VIC. So yeah. Definitely not. Right. It's not. Don't 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 pay attention to that. It's not sponsored. Okay, I'm still looking for someone that's that's not insane. Uh. All right, the Giants. Okay, this is a draft question. So Jeremy has got two, so I'll give I'll give this one to Max. Oh, that's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> draft questions are hard. Though. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, okay. Okay. The Giants drafted Tim Lincecum tenth overall in the 06 draft. Oh god. Who did the D-backs take at eleven? 
in 06. He's a current player. Is he still on the team? He is not currently on the Diamondbacks, but he was just recently a free agent. He was just recently a free agent? Oh. Just this past offseason. Uh, so I was going to go with either Justin Upton or Paul Goldschmidt, but Ooh. neither of them gonna were. You're going to be upset if you don't get this one. Why? Oh, no. <laughs> Who is? Why do I think I know it? Jeremy, I, I swear. All right, all right, all right. Let's think. Wait, no, I'm wrong. It's so this is like around. Is he, is he still playing now? Yeah, but who was a free agent just yes. recently that was like a Diamondback stud? <laughs> Not necessarily a Diamondback stud. Was he on the... Oh, oh. Well, no, no, no. Bauer was like 2009. Oh, my God, I know it. He was a free oh agent. Oh, my God, I know it. Oh, my God, I know it. 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 Can we get a timer? Can we get a timer? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> who was just please. recently a free agent? Please. Oh, please give this to me. All right. Go for it, Jeremy. Max Scherzer. Yep. Oh, no! No! Oh, no. This is so... This Scherzer is... made his debut in 08 for the, for the no, Diamondbacks. I knew he was a Diamondback. That is, that is pitiful. Oh, man. I, right. That's so good. Three <laughs> nothing. Oh, okay. okay. Um, all right. I'm being humbled. <laughs> okay. Jeremy. All right. Who was the last major league pitcher to throw a 10-inning complete game? The one oh, it, it was recent. Rich Hill. No. Oh, I thought Rich Hill. That's a good one because that was in Pittsburgh. Oh, he gave, he gave the home run. He gave the home run to Josh, Josh Harrison. Harrison. I do remember that very oh. clearly. Max, I'll give you a hint. It happened in 2007. Oh. And it's a very popular Hall of Fame pitcher. Very popular Hall of Oh, is it like, I mean, Maddox has all the, uh, he has the low pitch count, so I'll go Greg Maddox. No. But, yeah, that was the end of his career, though. Yeah. So, who was it? I know. I was going to say Jack Morris because of that 1991 game. Um, but that was, No, this was 07. Happened know, in 2007. It's uh, Roy Halladay. Oh, God. Roy Halladay. Richel almost did it, but he had no run support that game. I know. That was... That was yeah, I remember that. They, they lost that game 2-0 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 1-2-0. It was 2-0 yeah. in the 10th inning. Um, who was the youngest player to be elected into the Hall of Fame? Is this Max? Nice, Max is go. Is question? Max, you can give it a shot if you like. Okay. I'm trying to find another website with some. Um, a I'm gonna. Bit this is, this might be a little bit of a cute answer, but Roberto Clemente passed away early in his career, so I'm gonna use some deductive reasoning to say that they inducted him after he passed away. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh yeah. The this is, is tough. I'm gonna go Thurman Munson. I really he's don't not, know. He's not a Hall of Famer. No. Though. He's not a Hall of Famer. No, he should. Oh be. He no, should Jeremy. I'll give you one more guess, Max. One more guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not Luis Torrens. Oh, really? Okay. Um, dang. Like, who retired early enough to be... Like, can I get, like, an age? Like, were they, like, okay. 45 or something? He was 36 when he was inducted into the Hall of so Fame. So, somewhat, he retired at 31 years old? Who retired at 31 years old? Whose career ended that A early? very short 12-year career. What? Well, do we know who this guy is? You know who this guy is very well. 1972 was the year he was inducted at 36 years old after a very short 12-year career in the Jesus Montero. <laughs> he was a pitcher. I was, I was thinking pitcher. Um, <laughs> Nolan Ryan, I'm kidding. Is it Koufax? Oh, it is Koufax. Sandy <laughs> Koufax. Jeremy on fire. But he took that answer from me. What are we going to do about I know, that? I know. Okay, wait. This is uh, a... <laughs> that is here, I got you with one I knew that one. I don't know if I would have gotten Do I get the point? I knew that one. 
I don't even know where the points is. This is just fun to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm up like four or five. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I think you're up like four or five this to one. This is tragic. There's no coming back from this. Here we go. No, no. I got you with one max right now. I hope. Okay. I think you're gonna get give this me a one. Hanging breaking ball. All right, I could give you a really easy one, but I'll, 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 yeah, I'll go with this no, one right now. I have pride still. Okay, pride still. who was the first Major League player to have his number retired? Jackie Robinson. No. Oh, my gosh. He was a Yankee, and it's not Babe Ruth. It's, oh, it's... Oh, and he's a it's, Yankee. It's Garrick. It's Garrick, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to go cry my <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Tommy's going to kill me on that one. Tommy, um, I hope you're listening. Yeah. You know, you know who's better at baseball knowledge. <laughs> I need Zombie to sub in for me right now. This is, this is... Fun fact. I was at a bar mitzvah once, right? Yes. And, you know, there was a Madison Bumgarner jersey being given away. Ah. And there was, the question was, who's the first player inducted to the Hall of Fame? Someone guessed uh, Babe Ruth. And then I got I was up next, guessed Ty Cobb. And now I have a Madison Bumgarner jersey at home. Wow. And I really? wore it to school. I wore it to school the day after his uh, 2016 wild card gem against the Mets. Oh, that's Where mean. Connor Gillespie played hero. Oh, I wore it to school. The Mets fans hated me. I, I can't believe you did I was a salty that. Yankee fan. Jeremy, if I saw you in school the next day, oh, my God. I would have talked to you for three weeks. <laughs> I was a salty Yankee fan because they didn't make the playoffs that year, and I had to wear my bumgarner pride. My proudest moment, this was back when I could answer trivia questions correctly, um, was in elementary. <laughs> <laughs> this was in elementary school, and I was in math class. And, like, three kids come racing in, like, Max, we need you, we need you, we need you. And so they bring me into the room, and they're playing, like, Jeopardy. And the question literally was like, what San Francisco Giants pitcher uh, won a Cy Young Award and is from Seattle? And I was like, Tim Lincecum, baby. And everyone's like, let's go. That is so felt, sick. I felt so good. I need some of that magic right now. Um, all right. Got you with one. Uh, there have been four San Diego Padres to win the NL Cy Young Award. Name one of them. The most previous one was in 07. Jake Peavy? Yes. Okay. Thank God. The other ones, Randy Jones, 76, Gaylord Perry, who I met, nice. 78. Okay. I met him at a... Uh, Grand Rift with the Mariners. Yep. Uh, Mark Davis was the other. That Max Gowan. Would you have gotten Jake Peavy? I don't think no. you would have. <laughs> oh, this is a great one, and honestly, a hanging breaking ball for Max. <laughs> so I'm getting it. Hanging it, breaking ball. That's Robbie good. Ray led M- the MLB in strikeouts in 2021. Who was the last Mariner to do that? Randy Johnson? Randy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> uh, this is a You could have said Felix. I thought you were going to say Felix. Felix wasn't... 214 uh, strikeouts in 2014. He, I think Felix was you know, a couple times. Uh, which pitcher has the most 20, you guess Felix? 20 win seasons in the, in the expansion era? Sorry? Which pitcher has the most 20 win seasons in the, in the expansion era? Andy Pettit. No. CeCe Sabathia. No. <laughs> I'm just going with the Yankees. Right I'm... division, not right team. Jonathan Nice. <laughs> Jonathan Nice. <laughs> yes, Good yes. Guess. I like that. Hey, we're sticking with – that was three lefties in a row right there. Good for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dylan, right. G. Dylan G. Dylan <laughs> G. Dylan G. Pedro Martinez. No. I thought I, I thought I had it. Roger Clemens? No, that's a good one. That's no, a good one. But Jim Palmer is the answer. Oh, I would have. Oh, Orioles. Okay, I would have gotten that one. But I want to find. I was thinking like more. I, was, I thought it was Dylan G for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Another topic many... of conversation, by the way, before we move on, is how we were snubbed of a Derek Jeter cover. 
on MLB the show oh, collector that edition. Was that was fake. Yeah, so it was fake. pretty much the it's Otani on all of them, but it's like some sort be, of it had to be a joke it's, it's it's an artist uh, drawn showing Otani. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I did. See I saw it. It's it, the yeah. cartoon one. It's, it's really the cartoon. Cool. It's it's cool. It's like an anime. But one Otani, she's not a one MVP, and two, I want a different cover because it should have been Vlad. But we had this conversation last semester. We don't have to bring it back. <laughs> I respectfully disagree. Who was uh, ready? Yes. Who holds the record for the most the most valuable player awards? Oh, Barry Bonds. Barry Seven. Bonds. Yep. Um, that would be Jason Nix. What player won a side out of the uh, NL- ALCS in 2012? Right against the, probably. I, yeah. I think I, I don't know. I thought it was Nunez. Coke. I think I thought it was Nunez. Uh, it may have been I Nunez. think it was Nunez. Phil Coke on the mound, I think. I don't so, know oh, why. that was so bad. It was Phil Coke. Of course, it was Phil Coke. <laughs> uh, what pitcher won a Cy Young award? Oh, what pitcher won a Cy Young award? Pitched a perfect game, and make made a record of 2,500 strikeouts with all the same team. Oh, that could be Felix. Not Felix. I know, but it could be. It's not Philip Humber. Really Philip Humber? No. This pitcher uh, is... Is it? Oh. Uh, Scherzer doesn't have a perfect game. Okay, let's just go through all the guys who have thrown perfect games. I mean, Roy Halladay, uh, Matt King. Mark Burley. Mark Burley. He, I don't think he... Did he have 2,500? He may have, may have had 2,500 strikeouts. Um, no, Nolan Ryan, did he? David Cohn. You know what? David Cohn. I, th- I don't even think this answer Don Larson. Max Scherzer is the answer to this, but Max Scherzer never pitched a perfect game. No, he game. didn't. He, he had the Tabata. Ta- the Tabata. Game, he threw a no-hitter against the Mets that he year. He threw two no-hitters that year. Felix, like... Mike Fires. Felix this, fits this there. This website is Felix invalid. Felix fits in that answer, though. He won a Cy Young. You're right. 2,524 strikeouts and has a perfect game. So, and no playoff wins. That is so strange wins. because... <laughs> two right there. <laughs> I am sorry for that. That was... That's, I just, uh, that's, that Jeff, that's, that's the host's fault. Definitely, no get doubt. Get out of here, get out the, of here. The trivia host is fault. I think Not you... Dylan G. Okay, wait, I want to do one more, and then we could move on, and maybe we'll talk about... Uh, I, 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 let's I, talk about the show. We could, we definitely could. <laughs> oh, okay. such, a great, such a great time. I'm surprised they're allowed to do that, and use these players in the show, right? I think there must be some agreement, because MLB, the show has to have... You know, they have to make their money. Yeah. This is a fun question. Oh, John Heyman tweeted, MLB owners, met tu- MLB owners meet Tuesday, Thursday in Orlando, Tuesday through Thursday in Orlando where they will regroup. The union expectation is a new MLB offer will come soon, and presumably that happens after the owner co- owners convene. So this is after the Tuesday through Thursday when they are meeting to discuss like their next approach. It's obviously getting late with spring training originally scheduled to start 10 days from today. So what that means is that the owners are having a meeting amongst themselves Tuesday through Thursday, and the expectation, according to John Heyman, is that a new proposal will go to the Players Association after that time. Okay. Thoughts? Expectations? I mean, okay. who knows? I don't have any faith in them yet. But I, I like the live news, though. What's your news? I like the live news on oh, the show. Oh, yes. No, Absolutely. Definitely. We're dropping live news. It, it's better than them not talking this entire week. And three days, Tuesday through Thursday, that's great. They're they're actually meeting multiple three days, days in a row. That's not, but it's not the association. It's just the owners. Yeah. No, Which I is know. fine because maybe they're discussing. You know what? Maybe we're not going to win this battle if we if we're thinking optimistically. Maybe we have to actually, you know, go up a little bit. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to see here? Hopefully, they can become a little less selfish at the very least. But you know, you're just awaiting after you're awaiting the 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 tweet that they're going to meet, and then the tweet from Jeff Passan. There was never going to be a deal. Blah blah blah, and just uh, I don't know. Um, I would not expect a deal to come out of this, but hopefully, no. Can make but significant but if there's significant progress, then then you might be then we may be able to get optimistic that there will be opening day on time if yeah. there's progress. Because I think opening day is 
probably at the earliest would be like mid-April. I'd because say. as much yeah, as no way as, as worried as I am, they need baseball to, to, to make money. The owners the owners are smart enough to even know if we there's no season, we're gonna lose so much. It's gonna be they're not gonna be there. Yeah, our friend Steve Durr would say about this. <laughs> we need him on the show. You know, on, in, the show. on the weekly pitch today, Matt Price called in. It was uh, it was a very interesting time, oh, yeah. very fun time. So, Did he have some good thoughts on the lockout. Um, he just I had to <laughs> confront him about a tweet that is probably my least favorite tweet of all time. Was it a Mets about, one? No, it was it was a football one, but he said, basically just called himself a lifelong Giants, Jets, and Steelers fan, and I I couldn't How take can it. You, why is he a Steelers fan? Yeah, oh, what is, I thought it, was, it would say Bills, if anything. Because his family ties to Pittsburgh, I believe, and <laughs> he makes him a diehard fan of three separate NFL teams. But, you know, this is a baseball show. Hey, if it makes him happy, makes him happy. Makes him happy, and also <laughs> it seems very frustrating. Conflicting, though, <laughs> very conflicting, especially when you're a Knicks and a Nets fan at the same time. It's, it's enough off track for now. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's encouraging news. At least we, we, they're, so they're, they're, they're trying something. Yes. And, and look, I, we're not in the room for all we know. This could all be like, they, maybe they have an agreement already and they're just putting this out there. And then there's, like, there's no way. Us. There's no way. But, but who knows? Who knows? We're not I in think there. I know. But what, what I do know is that. If it's true that they spent the first two and a half weeks of December doing nothing and essentially the first two months or two weeks of January doing nothing, that's inexcusable. And that's what really frustrates me. If they were working hard to get a deal and we're in this spot, so be it. It is what it is. But the fact that it doesn't even seem like they're trying, more of the owners than the players, that's what frustrates me. And that's what I think has to frustrate everyone in the sports realm. Well, maybe the players can be encouraged that they are meeting for three days to try to understand what they want to do there's next. separation between the owners. I wonder if all of them like, are on the well, same Where's Steve Cohen? Yeah. Where's Steve Cohen thing? Well, here's the thing about Steve Cohen. Steve, yeah, I know. I, I would love it. to hear his thoughts. <laughs> the thing about Steve Cohen that's so interesting is he's one of the few owners that actually is okay spending a lot of money. You know, other yeah, It makes sense when you're worth that much kind of money. You know? no, exactly. And he's a fan, though. He prioritizes <laughs> yeah. the success of the team. A lot of these owners, it feels like they're strictly running it as a business. And I get it. It's important to do that when it's your money. But if you're going to buy a sports team, you have to have the fan and the city and the teams in your best interest. And it just doesn't feel like these owners do. It looks it's like they're strictly trying to make a profit. Just businessmen. A couple businessmen making business decisions. Right. And that's yeah. why, look, I know I know there's not a lot of Steve Cohens out there, but I would say if you're going to buy a team, be passionate about it, care about there it. There it is. That's, that's what it seems like he is. But if we're looking at the situation from an optimist point of view, I would say, you know what, maybe the owners are actually understanding they're not going to get what they want. The players have maybe prob- – hopefully they've proved enough that they are not going to break. And if theirs will not be baseball for a, a very long time if, if this is what the proposal is. So maybe – the owners are doing something to try to just make this more fair. I know I sound like a broken record right now, but I feel like... I hope you're right. I really do. I feel like there's got to be... I mean, there might be a grasp of desperation here. There's got to be some... Urgency? Urgency from the owners, and there's got to be some meeting to this this uh, three days in Orlando that they're, that they're spending here. 
There's got to be some value to it. Look, if that's what it takes for them to, if that's what it takes for them to understand, if that's what it's, I'll buy them thousands of pina coladas if that's what it takes. If that's what, if this, if 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 pina coladas on the beach is what it takes for them to understand that they're living a really luxurious life and that they're making fans, they want fans to be happy. More common man, players too, players too, the players that are generating a lot of money. That's the problem. What people don't realize is the if. Even if the, if the players if they if they took the players' proposal, they'd still be making billions of dollars, yeah, which they don't even need. So there's it's all about money. It's all about money. And power. when you have money, you want more money, and when you get more money, you want more. Addicted money. to you got that's, to that's income. the problem. That don't buy a sports team. If you're going to buy a sports team, you have to know you're going to have to spend money to make money. You're just going to have to spend money because you're investing in the team. Right. But are you investing in the team if you're trying to? cheat out of everything i don't know doesn't feel like it to me and i I can't speak too much to it because i'm just a kid in college so it's hard exactly and that's why i try not to be too critical about it but it just seems like it's so blatant right now and that's what kills me and it just doesn't seem like they care it just doesn't seem like they care it just doesn't seem like they care at all and then they're trying to scapegoat the players like they always do whether it's steroids whether it's the substance use whether it's you know 2020 and COVID negotiations, whether it's the CBA, it's always scapegoating the players. And that's what's frustrating. And hopefully they can figure it out. With that, we're going to take another break. We got one more block in the show today. Once again, you're listening to New York Take a Walk. You're on VIC. We'll be right back. Make sure to stay tuned. I'll take FM alternatives for a thousand. This indie alternative radio station provides listeners with the best of what's next. What is VIC radio? That is correct. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Hey, want to listen to some tunes? Hey, want to listen to all these tunes and more? Tune in to Marble Soda every Wednesday from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Pop open a bottle of marble soda with me, DJ Leo AM, as I play what's best of hyperpop, Japanese math rock, video game soundtracks, and much, much more. Every Wednesday from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. on VIC Radio. La la la. I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind through my hair. Hey, kid! Wear a helmet! No way, Grandpa, because then I'm looking like an idiot. Yeah! The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. 
Messy Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about No, like, no, tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking, okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Take a Walk, the season premiere of New York Take a Walk. Max Sands joined alongside Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein, as always, here on VIC. Jeremy, over the break, says he has a surprise conversation to talk about right here, so I'm just going to I'm gonna toss the wheel to you. Just because he's been on my Twitter feed so much lately, and he was a favorite of conversation in the previous semester, do we think, uh, what's the deal with Trevor Bauer? What's going on in the life of Trevor yeah, Bauer? I almost think that he's benefiting from all this. Literally, stuff. because he's had this watch momentum thing has really just shifted a whole other direction. Well, it's given him an opportunity to gain that sort of viewership back. And it, had we not been in a lockout, or if we weren't in a lockout, I'm sure they would have addressed everything, and there is a chance that it would have pushed it into the ground. Now, with the lockout, it, it, with the likelihood that when a deal is reached and the freak be like the the frantic signing of free agents going on does trevor bauer pitch for the los angeles dodgers in 2022 i don't know if he's going to be even allowed to first of all i heard he just might get suspended i heard that he's going to face a major suspension by major league baseball first of all which is crazy violated domestic i i agree with that we should punish these players harshly but have we seen something like this for any other player who's done something like this? I don't know because this well, there's is there's a lot weird. of weird gray area in this, exactly. and I'm not defending him at all. No, no one's defending him. But there was a lot of controversy about how bad of how much of it was his fault, and there was and at the end of the day, we he know did, he still did it. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it's it'll be uh, it won't be a rod level for the for the roids. You know what I think is interesting, and again, I think it's messed up that he's doing this, but he's like. The way that he's approached this is very manipulative. Yes. Because he keeps telling people, I won my lawsuit. I won my lawsuit. But he's not really being clear what that is. He admitted to what he did. I'm not going to say it on air here. But he admitted to the acts that he did to that woman. And said that he was asked to do them. Yes. And that's what the whole uh, court case is about. Yeah. Yeah. Is whether or not it was consensual and so forth. And now he keeps telling the public, yeah, I won. I won. I was in the right. No, you weren't. You nope. still did terrible things. I mean, it was clearly and that's bait. It was misleading. clearly bait. She was. I, I feel like she was almost looking for a lawsuit. There was something with Tatis weaved in there yes, too. Yes, Tatis. The, it came out that it was Tatis and another player. Oh my! Was both they up? Uh, they, they, yeah. Then we might see a suspension for Tatis too if it comes down to no, it. No, I don't well, think so. I don't so, think no, Tatis no. did anything. I just think they. I, you know, I don't really know enough about the situation. I guess to have a word on that. I think that I was, Tatis had relations with this. Yeah. Okay. At some point. Okay. This woman at some point. I, I think, honestly, he will be suspended. I think he will be, too. And it will probably be like half a season. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's too much. But I mean, last year. Can they void his contract? The Dodgers? Yeah. I think you should be allowed to. I, that's my personal there opinion. There should be something in these contracts. Exactly. That and if, if there's not already, there should be. If you a policy, we're not paying you. Yeah. You get suspended for a domestic violence, and you're going to miss anything, half like, the season like Marcelo Zuna? And if anything, if, me? yeah. and are paying you for that? No way. And has, if someone like Bauer gets in that situation where this is terrible, but, like, if someone asks them to do that to them, 
then they're going to say, no, my contract, I could lose all this money. And exactly. they won't do it. They won't do it. And, and they shouldn't do it anyway. But obviously there's people still out there who do. And that's a huge problem. And, the, and honestly, I think it's pretty a pretty big miss by Major League Baseball if it's not already in the contract. How is it not? Right. The, the real uh, the other question I have is is Rachel Luba still affi- affiliated with I think Herb she Bauer? She defended him, which was probably really controversial to a lot of. I think really difficult for her. Yes. I think she's put in a really tough spot. I, I do yeah. feel bad for her. She wants to be there for her her client, but she also understands that it's a really sensitive topic and an important topic. I'll... And she's been really important for just implementing and. In- including you know, more females in the game of baseball, which obviously has grown immensely over the last few years. She is one of the pioneers right there, being a female agent it's and trying to bring in more or make the game more interesting and accessible for females and girls around the country. And this puts her in a very difficult spot, and that's why I do feel, you know, I do feel sympathy for her. And if I was in her spot, I don't know how I'd act either because I think she feels obligated to defend him. And maybe she, she knows more than we do. She knows more than anyone does. We don't know this entire situation. But what I do know is that Bauer admitted to doing it, and what he did was really, really bad. And it's inexcusable, and he does deserve to get punished for that. And On January 21st, and I apologize to interrupt, Forbes Sports Money put out a piece. I haven't read it yet, so I'm not going to act like I know about it, uh, about Trevor Bauer has two matters that are unsolved. And Luba quote-tweeted it, saying, always nice to read an article that accurately explains why she lost rather than... One that misleads people into thinking her initial petition was truthful, but it was just consensual. The, the, and then there was a quote that says the judge in the civil matter went out of her way to characterize accuser's testimony as untruthful. So she supports him from what it seems. I want to read the article, but she supports him from what it seems of that he won his lawsuit and that she was in the wrong for accusing him of this crime. So she's still defending his, her her client. She's uh, she's committing full throttle of that. It's it, it's really it's, I think it's, it's a bad. waiting game. I do. Yeah. I. I think a we have lot a lot of waiting of, games for planners. Yeah, I know. I think we have a lot of reason to think that Bauer is not the best dude. He has not had a good reputation. He no, was not liked what, in Cleveland. You know, that's has. why he's such an easy target, too. That's probably why this all happened. That's why it's, right. it's so it's so easy to root against him for a lot of people. I'll be in 2020. I loved him. I was such a big yeah. fan of his because I loved his craft. Well, I and think his... if you take all of the peripherals away. What he was doing for the game of baseball from a marketing standpoint and a science standpoint were tremendous. And yeah. that's why it's a shame that he's acted the way he has because he, he was a great ambassador in so many other aspects. When, and when he sent an idea, our, our COVID podcast, we were begging him to come on. It was yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we raved about he that. He DM'd one. me on Instagram when I ran my baseball account um, mm. to promote Watch Momentum before it like was released. Really? That's like that. so cool. It was cool. That's really cool. Um, I, I can have open DMs. I should send him a text. Hey, come on, come on here and take a what walk. If, that would be that'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be wild. That would be very stuff. controversial. It if would comes... be. It would be. I don't know if it'd be a good idea. Right? I don't know if it'd be allowed. Yeah. Um, I mean, he posts on social media. He posts on YouTube. He works with uh, a lot with uh, the King of Juco. Yep. I don't know if you guys know, are familiar with him. The Sim. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a character. He is a character. He had a homer off about. Yeah, I saw it. He cranked it too. Yeah. Man, that ball would have traveled 450 out of the cage. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Interesting. It's weird to still see him on social media um, after what happened because he did go silent for a while. I mean, as he should, of course, with he's back the situation. But he'll he's probably back. end up pitching in Japan one day. Guarantee it. 
<laughs> I could see he it. said he wanted to before this whole all this came out. I do think that was part of his like little scheme though, like to just generate more attention. It's like, oh, maybe I'll go to Japan, you know, when he was like picking between the Mets, Dodgers, yeah. and so forth. But yeah, no, I mean that that might be his only option at one point, you know. I mean, like Tom Brenneman, the former Reds broadcaster, who said some terrible uh, things yeah. on Hot Mike. I think he's in Puerto Rico right now. Yes, he is. You know, so like. Yeah, that's what happens when you mess up like that. You have to – and to be honest with you, it begs the question, do people in that spot even deserve an opportunity there? Right. You know, and we could talk all day about that. That's a deep one. At, but. The, at the end of the day, let's just hope that we have some good news following the owner meetings that we can talk about on Sunday because we'll probably have a new proposal to talk about on Sunday. That's the goal. We, that's we, the goal. we need content on the show. Desperately. So, Desperately, exactly. Well, yeah, that next show is coming up a week from now. It'll be from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock p.m., only here on VIC. That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Jeremy Goldstein, Ethan Bridge, I'm Max Tanzer. We'll catch you next Sunday at 1 o'clock.